Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. This year, talking about purpose, that's been our theme for the year. And we started the year off with talking about what is the divine purpose? What is God's purpose for humanity? What was the purpose of sending Jesus Christ? And we unpacked all of that. And then we unpacked what is my purpose? So what is my singular purpose in the plan of God on planet Earth? And we unpacked that. It was amazing. Now this month, we have been unpacking what is our purpose. What is the purpose of us together? How does this work with God's purpose, with my individual purpose, and when I put it together with someone else, how does that work with our purpose as a church, as a body, as a people on the earth today? So today I want to unpack a little bit more of that to you, today being the last Uh, one of this month because we had a couple of guest speakers so I have to get like a month's worth of teaching impartation into you in one session so who's ready Martinez is smiling at me everybody else looks asleep so wakey wakeys wakey wakeys that was amazing worship this morning and how wonderful when we can join together as a body and go and bless other people in the community and I know that um, the lady from the, whatever it's called, Work for the Dog program, said that she had never been thanked before. Never. I even, we were even told by the Matt, who runs the Oasis Youth Centre, that he has never been thanked. Never. Never been thanked. He was like in awe. He just said, I cannot believe you people. Like, to go and thank someone and say, we want nothing from you, but we want to agree with God, what, what you are doing in this community and just really thank you. It's just, it's just amazing. I love it so much. So I want to unpack today from this scripture that we just saw, and I'm going to read it to you in a moment. Four points. Actually, four points. Yeah, I had to count then. <laughs> I want to talk to you about unity, diversity, Interdependence and worth, those four things, unity, diversity, interdependence, and worth. I'm going to read this scripture to you. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, so you can follow on the screen. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 28. Just as the human body is one. Now, what I want you to do is listen with your spirits, because the scriptures are a mystery, and we can read them with our head. But today I want there to be like a a transference from the head to the heart to the spirit where we're hearing what God is actually saying. What is God actually saying through his word? Not, oh yeah, well that sounds good, but what is he actually saying to me, to us, right now, today, in this place? Because it's the living word, it's alive and active, and as I speak it, it should be saying something to you right now, even if you've read this scripture a million times, it should be something, because it's alive and acting, it should bring a fresh revelation every time you read it. So what are you going to get out of this today? 
Just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one, for by one spirit, we were all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, since I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. And if the ear were to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still an important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were an eyeball, how could it hear sounds? And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required for if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many differing parts and functions, but one body. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you. And equally wrong for the head to say to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, the weaker parts the more, are the more vital and essential parts. The body parts we think are less honorable, we treat we, oh, sorry, I've, I've lost my place. The body parts we think are less honourable, we treat with greater respect. And the body parts that need to be covered in public, we treat with pro propriety and, cl and clothe them. And some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honour to the lesser members who lacked it. He has done this intentionally so that every member would look after the others with mutual concern. And so that there would be no division in the body. In that way, what happens to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honoured, everyone rejoices. How beautiful is that? Like right now in our uh, church, we have uh, Liliana who's not well. And she put some things up on Facebook uh, about not being well but before it got to Facebook it got to the church there was phone calls made straight to the church the first port of call the church Liliana's in hospital she's not well and I went to see her um, and she said I'm overwhelmed I'm I'm complete I'm so thankful that God has put us in this church family yeah. I'm overwhelmed I mean she's had phone calls she had people go to the hospital pray for her they had meals made for them. They've just been overwhelmed with the love and the support that the church family have given them, and they want to say thank you. That is, that's the body of Christ. When one part suffers, we all suffer, and we feel the pain of that. When, when, when one part rejoices, at Megan Edmonds' wedding yesterday, when, when Meg was saying her vows, I mean, this, this young lady, not so long ago, was told she had three months to live with cancer and and she had no hope and we as a church body prayed for her and that beautiful woman is not just still alive but living life to the fullest has met her soulmate the man who is just so beautiful and even accepts the fact that they can't have children and she's saying her vows and she she starts to cry and she says 
I cannot believe that God would love me so much that he would send me you, Edmund. And we all just lost our step. It was just like, oh, this is, that's it. I'm, I'm trying to, we're trying to do the wedding and I'm gone. You know, it's just like, I'm trying to not cry. <clears throat> you are, verse 27, you are the body of the anointed one and each part of you is a unique and a vital part of it. So the church is not just a building. Who knows that? I mean, you need a building. Who wants to be out in the weather right now? Not me. We need a building, but it's not just a building. It's not just a place. It's not just an event. The church really in its essence is people living together with Jesus as their center, as their Lord, their God, and their Savior. Jesus is the one who knits us together. He knits various people together, changing their lives and working through one another so that each person is blessed and more people get to meet him. That's what it's all about. And so when we speak of the church, we speak of community of people doing life together around the person and the work of Jesus as revealed in the Bible. That's basically it. Would everyone agree with me? Come on, don't be Australian this morning. Yes, Pastor, that's really good. Yes, I agree with you. Do you want me to read that again? And so when we speak of the church, we speak of a community of people doing life together around the person and the work of Jesus as revealed in the Bible. Amen? So the four points I want to draw out. The first one being unity. The first, very first principle we see in 1 Corinthians 12 is the principle of unity. Jesus prayed in John 17, Father, Father, that you would make us one. I mean, it was such a, such a desire of the heart of the Father that Jesus was burdened by it as he was about to leave the earth, as he had sown all he could sow on the earth, as he had done all he could do on the earth, his one prayer that he felt was unfinished was this, Father, make us one. Make them one as you and I are one. Make us one. Unity was so important to the church. Paul speaks specifically on how that unity can be attained in this scripture, in 1 Corinthians. It can only be obtained through the Holy Spirit. We can have unity movements. We can have like, you know, one world stuff. We can say, let's all get together and fight for a cause. But true unity can only come through the Holy Spirit. In this passage, Paul's telling us what it looks like to be a Christian. You want to know what it looks like to be a Christian? He has chosen the analogy of the body to tell us what it looks like to be a Christian. Of course, Jesus is the head. But when you think about the body, your human body, what a miracle, like what a miracle it is. I mean, we think we can work stuff out. God, this is why it's a mystery. This body, this, this bride of Christ, this, 
beautiful church. It's such a mystery. And honestly, we're working it out as we go along. And that's why we have to delve into the scriptures and say, God, what are you actually saying to us? This is such a mystery. Give us revelation of how to understand this. How can we understand our own bodies? I mean, the Psalms say that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, our human bodies. So, you know, you just think about the body. Here's a couple of facts. I'm not a a doctor, a scientist, or any of those above things, but I read this and researched it. We have over two, you have over 200 bones in your body, 200. You have 650 skeletal muscles, 210 cell types. You have so many parts to your body, invisible and visible, and you have so many systems in your body that work together. You know, this is why Paul was using this analogy of the body. Because there was so much going on and so many systems working, but when they all work together, the body works. It's an absolute miracle that your body functions every day. You ever thought about it? We never think about it. Like we've got to take a step and go, do you know how many things just happened when I took that step in my body? Muscles, bones, brains, it's all happening, blood's flowing. I mean, I could get Meredith up here to give you some scientific um, blood works, but... But it's a, it's a miracle. For every little thing we do in life, all the systems of the human anatomy work together for a singular purpose. All the systems of the human anatomy work together for a single purpose. All right. Sometimes we take for granted how well the body functions until we have sickness, injury, or illness. Who knows that? And all of a sudden, we realize that the body is a miracle. <laughs> Especially as I'm getting older, I mean, you know, Phil and I laugh at each other. We pretend we're not getting old, but we are. And we know that when we go to exercise or we go to do stuff that we used to do and it's like, you know, body just functions. Sometimes I go to get out of bed in the morning and my joints are getting stiff. I said, what is that? What is that? Like my body, work, work, do it. Like, you know, and um, stop aging. But it's, you don't notice that until something goes wrong. And then you go, why is my body functioning the way it should be functioning? And we don't notice the body not functioning properly until something goes wrong. And then all of a sudden we go, hang on, something's out of whack here. And we see that. So, it, so, so this is how Paul described the church. This is how Jesus wanted the church described as a body, as an incredible, intricate Work, miracle, uh, revelation of God, that somehow we could work all the systems and all the different parts of the body and we could actually be some sort of thing that people look at us and know that that is a representation of Jesus on the earth. Sometimes we, you know, there's the church and it's like, no wonder they want to come to church. We look deformed, you know, if we just do our bit. Come on. So if the church is properly functioning, it's supposed to look like a body, but not that body I just showed you. Not it, you know, you know, no. Every person in the church is a part of the body, and some of you are toes and arms and legs. And that is one of the great joys that we're all important and we're all connected to other people. You know, I just, I'm just so passionate about people understanding who they are. 
and what they were designed to do. And this is not a spectator sport, guys. You don't come to church to sit there and listen to someone sing and someone speak and then go home. We are here to encourage you, inspire you, and equip you to be a part of the body. (laughs) It's so beautiful when every single part is working together in a single mission and cause, and that single mission and cause is to bring love. That single mission and cause that we all have together is to somehow show this world the incredible unconditional love of a father who sent his only son to die for us so that if we believe in him, we would have everlasting life. Of a father who longs to gather his children to himself and live with them forever and eternity. As a father that doesn't want to see his children to suffer but wants to come and let them know he, each one of them is. This is our mission. This is our cause to represent him, to represent Jesus. Amen? Paul says, actually, it's something that God does through the Holy Spirit. The only way we can obtain unity is through the Holy Spirit. All those that are Christians have been baptized by the Holy Spirit. When we receive Jesus, we receive the infilling Holy Spirit. And we are transformed in our minds, changed to choose the right way to live with the free will that we have been given. Changed as the Holy Spirit moved us and empowers us to live like Jesus Christ. Paul says in the same way, this is what causes our unity. The same Holy Spirit that's in you, that's in you, it's in you, it's in me. The same Holy Spirit. He's in all of us, and it's the Holy Spirit that's been left on the earth to bring us together, to connect us together, to finish the work that we are to do upon the earth. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send the Holy Spirit, and he will teach you all things, and he will remind you of everything that I've said. He'll show you how to represent me to the earth, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our unity doesn't come because we're alike. Who has realized that? Anybody realize we don't have unity because we're alike, but we are all filled with the same spirit, led by the same spirit, reading the same Bible. Amen? We're all convicted by the same spirit in regards to sin. We're all loving one another with the love that God has poured out on our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Real unity is not possible apart from the Holy Spirit. But in the Holy Spirit, it's not only possible, but it should be natural for people who are led by the Spirit to walk in unity. Just as there is one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and they are unified, so we, the church, in our diverse community can still become one through the Holy Spirit. We can do it through the Holy Spirit. Which brings me to my second point, diversity. You know, I just said then, it's very easy to honor or to hang around or to be with someone who is like you. Who knows that? 
I mean, in the world, uh, basically in the natural, a lot of us wouldn't actually hang out together. We probably wouldn't. You know what I mean? In spite of our unity, it's very important that we still maintain our diversity. Because unity, listen to this, unity is not uniformity. It is not saying if you dress like me, talk like me, walk like me, in the same job as me, live in the same status as me, that we can have unity. Unity is not uniformity. Unity through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, is unity in diversity, which is profound when you think about it. As a Christian, we love Jesus, pray, read our Bible, turn from our sin, and all these kind of things are consistent, but we still have a certain amount of diversity around them. Corinthians says, but the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And just like the body has a lot of parts, so the church has a lot of parts. Look around you. In this room today, there's rich, there's middle class, there's poor, there's educated, there's uneducated, there's young, there's old. You know, there's all kinds of generations. I mean, there's all people in different statuses, backgrounds, colors, races. I mean, really, what in the world makes us all hang out together? I mean, really? Because apart from Jesus, we'd probably be killing each other. Yeah. Because our differences lead to divisions. See, diversity leads to division. If you're different from me, then I'm divided from you. If you don't agree with me, then I can't agree with you, then we don't hang out together. Diversity leads to division in the natural sense. And divisions lead to conflict, lead to hatred, lead to the exact opposite of what Christ wanted to bring. But in Jesus, we can say this. Well, I love Jesus. Uh, You love Jesus. And so that's all that really matters. I love Jesus. You love Jesus. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. We can just take it back to the simplicity of that. Amen? With Jesus at the center of our community, as we all pull together around the person of Jesus, not around who you celebrate yourself to be, but around the person of Jesus Christ, we actually grow closer together. See, if I'm walking towards Jesus, you're walking towards Jesus, then at some point we've got to kind of walk together because we're both going in the same direction. And that brings us into unity and in, in, in our, divi- our diversity. There's nothing worse, I think, than going into a place and you see it, you even see it in the church because we so tend to do this that, you know, you might walk into a church and everybody has the same haircut or wears the same kind of shoes and you know what I mean? And you just go, oh, yeah, they're from that church because look at the way they dress. You can tell what church they go to. I love our church. I love our church that we can, I can get dressed up like a queen like I do and come in here and sit next to someone with thongs on. Like, you know what I mean? I can talk about surf with my son-in-laws and 
it, uh, and I haven't got a clue what I'm talking about, but I, in, but I enjoy listening to the diversity of who they are. I, you know, I can, I can have conversations with different people. At the wedding yesterday, I was like talking to different people, people I would never hang out with in life. People that I would look at going, well, you're not like me. We have nothing in common. But, you, but, but through Christ, our diversity is incredible and celebrated, amen? It's so true. So with Jesus at the center of our community, we pull together. You know, people must walk into this church and go, what the heck? You know, why are all these different kinds of people in age groups, what, what makes them meet together? And we just turn around and go, Jesus, just Jesus. This is Jesus. You know, what makes you, you know, what makes someone go out in the street and, and pick up a poor person off the street? And, you know, what, what makes people want to go and do stuff and get their hands dirty and hang around people that are lower class than them? Jesus, oh, it's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. It's just, I was watching the movie Mother Teresa the other night. And, oh, you know, like, incredible. What a woman. To go into the streets at Calcutta, into poverty-stricken places. And, you know, why do you want to do this? You could stay in the convent where it's safe, where it's warm, where it's nice, where you've got food, where you're not, you know, exposed to diseases. And she just says, well, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said. And out she goes. And, the, you know, all the Hindus and all the different religions, we don't want you, we don't want your religion, she said. Oh, I'm not bringing you a religion. I just want to love you like Jesus wants to love you. It's just Jesus. He's okay. He won't judge you. He just wants to love you through me. I'm just a pencil in the hand. I'm just a, 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 yeah, a pencil in the hand of someone who's writing your life story. That's what she said. Jesus is bigger than our race, our education, our class our income, our life experience, our occupation. It seems like Jesus is big enough to love a wide number of people and to change them and bring them together as one very diverse and unified loving family and not take away their diversity and their distinctions. Now, I want to just make it clear that I'm not talking about diversity here today that is sin or heresy. We don't celebrate any sin. We don't celebrate diversity that says, well, you're different from me, so I'm going to celebrate you even though it sins against the word of God. We love that. We bring it in. We want to pour the love of Christ. on. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about a diversity that is in us as people that we can bring to the table and paint a picture for the world to see Jesus through. We bring our weaknesses, we bring our strengths, and we make up each other's lacks, and we all do a bit so it looks like we're actually functioning as a body. Paul's not saying that we need to be uniform. He just says, you're a bunch of people who do things a little differently, and that's what I'm celebrating. I'm celebrating that you're a hand, that you're a foot, that you're an eye, that you're a part of the body that's so important. The church is meant to be many expressions as it can, so that many people are bringing Christ to the full picture Many people together are bringing the picture of the whole work of Christ. It's the whole work of Christ. You know, that's why, you know, if one's feeding the poor and we go, well, we should all be feeding the poor. 
If one is, you know, doing, we should all be doing that. But we are the full picture of Christ. We are the representation of the character of God on the earth. Some feed the poor. Others preach in the streets. Others make meals. Others visit in hospitals. Others teach. Others prophesy. Others lead. Others are creative. Others shepherd and love people one-on-one. Others pray for the sick. Others set the captives free. Others make people feel welcome. Others are called to prayer and pray and be in in their chambers of prayer. Others administrate and organize. Others put out chairs and mow lawns and love to serve, etc., 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 etc. The church is supposed to do as many things as it can with as many people are utilized and many gifts are released for the purpose of building a great church to love and serve as many people as possible. You know, Jesus said, greater work shall you do. I mean, I've raised the dead, I've, I've you know, cast out demons, I've preached the gospel, and he's saying greater works. How could we do greater than raising the dead? What he was saying is, I'm only one. But if I go to be with my Father and I release the Holy Spirit, then what I have done, you can go and multiply what I have done and give all the expressions of who I am wherever you go, amen, and serve as many people as you possibly can through being one unit, one voice, one heart, one mind. We have to get away from this whole thing. Well, pastors, you're here to lead the church and you do all the work and we'll just come and watch you do it. This is not the model Jesus set out in the birth of the church when Peter stood up and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. 3,000 were saved that day and they all went out. 3,000 of them went out and did the works of Jesus Christ. I love that. I love that. I love that Bree rang us up just recently. He said, well, I'm with, you know, Laura, and her little boy wants to get water baptized. Are you guys okay if I just water baptize him? And we go, yes, water baptize him. Just let us know you've done it so we can write it down and so we can give him a certificate to say he's water baptized. But we are the body. We are, we are, we are, we are, we are. Everyone say, we are. Touch someone on the shoulder and say, we are. And touch someone on the other shoulder and say, we are. We are. So good. So diversity is a good thing. Who knows that? Yeah? We have unity and diversity. My third point is this. I've got two more points and I'm going to close it. Our third point is that this interdependence. Interdependence. Everybody say interdependence. Interdependence is different people working together, connected together. Who knows we need each other? Everybody needs everybody. Tap your neighbor and say, I need you. I need you. Yeah, we all need each other. Everybody needs everybody. And listen to this. Everybody is important. Every part. Do you think every part of your body is important? Is that right, Evan? So if I was to cut your foot off today, you'd be okay with that? You'd be okay if I just cut your foot off. You could still get by. No. It's kind of important, that foot, isn't it? It's kind of important, you know. And so if anybody ever lost their liver or their bowel, even though they're the less honorable parts of our body, you wouldn't function very well. 
So interdependence is us working together. This is what Paul's saying. Whatever your age, whatever your race, whatever your experience, whatever your gift, whatever your background, the more diversity that we have and the more we work together and honor one another, where everyone gets to use their strengths, gifts, and abilities, the stronger, the better the church will be, the more ministry we can do, the more people we can reach to love and bring the truth of Jesus Christ. Paul uses the word body because when Jesus was on earth, his ministry came out of his body. Everything came out of the body that God had given Jesus Christ on earth. And now he is ascended. He sent the Holy Spirit to live in us and empower us to do his ministry as the body of Christ on the earth. This is what he's saying. The more we work together, the more work gets done. So when we say to you, you know, you need to be part of a team, we need to do this together, it's not like saying, yes, sir, no, sir, tell me how to walk, sir, and I'll turn up and I'll do a job and I'll go home and it's all part of like, you know, works. But what it actually is saying is, we love what's inside of you and we want to release it so badly. I mean, how awesome was it that Chrissy got sick this week, not awesome that you got sick, Chrissy, but... Chrissy got sick this week and she usually does all our filming and our editing and stuff and she carries all that burden on her own and, you know, how many people know we need more of the body that do that kind of stuff? And so, beautiful Stephen's just come into our church recently and I'm thinking, okay, we need someone to film it and so um, we rang up Josh Cairns. I mean, Josh Cairns probably never filmed anything in his life but he got his mum's old camera, he goes down there, he films it. I said, Rach, you need to do the interviewing because I'm at a wedding rehearsal. You have to do the, oh, I can do that. And then we send it all to Stephen. We say, Stephen, do you think you can edit this for Chrissy? And I hadn't even seen it before this morning. To tell you the truth, I was a bit sweaty about it. But um, it goes up there and we go, there it is. There it is. That's interdependence. That's awesome. You know, Meg is away at our wedding. Meg and Edmund are away at their wedding. And we asked a few people, can you cover spaces while Meg and Edmund are away? You know, this morning I walk in the kitchen and Martinez and Vizzy are in the kitchen. And I know that's what they don't want to do with all their life, but there they are. And they say, well, we can do this. We can be a part of that. We can be the interdependence that we all need. They're connected. Yeah. I know you want to see that part of me that dances, but I reckon these old bones just won't do that anymore. Yeah. When we're working together with different people, that's when we learn the most from each other. You know what I mean? I love it when we work together and we learn from each other and we watch each other and we celebrate each other. There's no competition or jealousy in the body of Christ. We, we celebrate each other and we learn from each other and, you know, I can sit down, sometimes I sit down and talk to Doug, and there's so much wisdom inside that mind and inside his heart, and there's so much beauty of Christ that I actually like to talk to Doug because I feel like I'm learning something from Doug. You know what I mean? So we have to get rid of all this. We're the body. And that doesn't mean we don't honor those that lead. That doesn't mean we, we don't have, we, we honor everybody. We honor each other. We celebrate each other and we release each other. Amen? It's called interdependence. God determines the parts of the body just as he arranged them to fit. 
we are here and we have holes and you are designed to fill them. I'm going to say that again because you're all looking at me kind of strange. We're here as a church. There are holes in the church and you are designed to fill them. Amen? And you might, see, you might say, I'm a square peg in a round hole. That's exactly what God's talking about. Just get that square peg and squash it down in that round hole until it fits. Because it's supposed to do that. You know, we're like rocks. We're like building bricks being fitted together. We're all different shapes and sizes. And sometimes it's not real comfortable to be squashed down a round hole when you're a square peg. But just get squashed. Because there's a hole to fill. Fill it. May not be the thing that you're called to do, but it's a hole to fill. Fill it. And let's get this work done so we can reach as many for Christ. It's actually not about me and it's not about you. It's about Jesus. And it's about these people that we need to get off this planet before the whole thing goes crazy. Amen. You might say, well, this part of the church is messed up. I don't like it. I don't think it's not going very well. Good. You may have the gift to fix it. That's... that's the, you want to know what ministry is? You want to know what ministry is? After 22 years of ministry, I'll tell you what ministry is. I see a hole. I see a need. I have two choices. I can complain or I can say I can help and I nominate myself to help. That's what ministry is. Well, Pastor Phil and I saw a while. We said there's no church here. We started to pray for a church. We see a hole. We see a need. And God nominated us. And we said yes. And we'll go fill it. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't think I'm good enough to do it. I have insecurities about it. But I want to reach people for Jesus Christ. And I want his love to pour through me. And so if you can use this weak old vessel, Jesus, you just pour it through. And I'm going to do my darndest to be like you. And you'll cover my weaknesses. And you'll make my weaknesses your strengths. And we can work together, Christ, to bring your image to the earth. Amen. And the ear says to the hand, I don't need you. Where there is divisions and factions in the church, no one wins. Just, just very quickly, Tom, come here. Tom, just stand here, Tom. Now, I want you to just take your hand, your right hand. Is that hand important to you? Yeah, and I just wanted you to start bashing yourself in the head. Just, just, start, just start doing that. Just, no, you know, really just go for it. I mean, just really. You see, if, if the hand begins... If the hand begins to bash the head, what is the use of that? Why would you beat up your own body? Oh, I pray in Jesus' name I'm using my gift. Healing. Go. Do you understand what I'm saying? So next time you start to think, you know, to speak about someone in your own church or start to speak about someone in the community of the body of Christ on the coast or in the nation, other churches, you know, don't take your hand and start beating yourself over the head because that's exactly what you're doing. You're actually destroying the body of Christ and fighting against yourself. Amen. Because we're all in this together. Different people but not divided, not trying to be the same. It, it, it goes on to say when one part hurts, we all hurt, and I talked about that. In the same way, rejoice with each other. So that interdependence, the last point I want to bring to you very quickly is worth. It's so important in this scripture, he's bringing forth that each part feels its worth. Amen. In the church, not only is there unity, diversity, and interdependence, but there should be worth ascribed to every single person. 
In the world, it depends on how smart you are, how good-looking you are, etc. But as far as the church goes, we have a different economy and we value people differently. We value everyone because they are made in the image of Jesus Christ. If God has brought someone to this church, then, then we are here for a specific... They're here. If, someone's, if God's brought someone in here, then they are here for a specific purpose. It's not an accident when you walk into a church like this or any church that God has you there for a specific purpose. And any stranger that walks in here, they are here for a specific purpose. And, and they are bringing something really important to who we are. We want to welcome them and discover why God has sent them to us. That's why when someone joins the church and we say, well, someone comes to the church and say, go and say hello to them. You're not just going, oh, hi, hey, guys, so nice to come to church today. I'm doing this because I have to, you know, I hope you're all right. See you later. No, you're going out there saying, who are you? Why has God sent you here? And what special part do you have to play in this body? What are you bringing to the table? What can we honor you in? What can we celebrate? What is your worth to the body? Who is your worth as a human being? Amen. Oh, I love this. I got goosebumps just then. Did anybody else? Yeah. We want to welcome and discover why God has sent them to us. You know, there's a song that says, What we need is a great big melting pot. Big enough to take the world and all it's got. Keep it stirring for a hundred years or more. Turn out coffee color people by the score. No, we don't need a melting pot. We don't need coffee-colored people by the score because God made us individual, diverse, incredibly unique and beautiful. What we need is a big stew pot. So we just put everybody in and we simmer it. We simmer it for a long time. And we can still see the distinction of the carrots and the potatoes and the meat. It's not, you know, but we're simmering it. And the flavor of the stew is because of the different parts coming together. Amen. Woo! Yay! Can I have the worship team, please? This is what it means to be the church. Are you getting it? Are we getting it? To be unified because of the Holy Spirit around the person and the work of Jesus Christ. To have diversity that we don't all have to be the same. Thank God. To have interdependence, we all need each other. And the more different kinds of people that participate in the church, the better off we all are. And we need worth. Even though everyone isn't equally visible, everyone is equally important. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord. How amazing is he? How amazing is he? You know, when you have some time this week at home, I want you to just do me a favor. I want you to get with God and say, God, what part of the body am I? And what can I do to get plugged in? What can I do to see the need and feel it? What can I do to find the hole and push myself into that hole so that we can all do this together? Amen. Thank you, Lord. You know what, when I stand up here and I look at your faces, each one of you, I just rejoice in God, just how beautiful you are. 
you know, listening to your different stories, your different journeys, where you've come from, where you're going, what God is doing in your lives, hearing the stories of breakthrough and deliverance and revelation and, and growth. Oh, I love being a pastor. I thank God that He gave me this calling to love you and to be a mother over your hearts. But a mother wants her children to blossom and grow and be all that they are to be with no restrictions. And your Father in heaven is smiling on you this morning. You're not a person in a crowd this morning. You're an individual, incredible human being that has something so precious to bring to this earth. Let's just close our eyes in His presence. If you're here this morning, with every eye closed, and perhaps you say, look, Julie, I know I have something special inside of me, but, you know, I've never really given my heart to Jesus. I've never really got connected to the center. Jesus, who's the center of all, the center of all creation, the center of who I am. I need to find out who I am. I need to really find out who I am. If you're in this room this morning, it's a simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I believe in you believe that you died for me, that you raised from the dead, you took all my sin away, and that you're here to uncover who I really am. I give my heart to you, Jesus. Simple prayer. Right from the front to the back to each side, right now in this moment, just Christians be praying. We love you. We want you to find your family, find your home, and find yourself. Just quickly lift up your hand if you want to pray that prayer after three. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to just lift your hand, put it back down. I'm not going to call you out. We're going to pray this as a prayer, as a, as a whole congregation together. I just want you to lift up your hand and put it back down. Thank you, Lord. Right across this room right now, you're stirring hearts, calling them home. Maybe you were with Christ once, but you've been away from Him. And it's time to come home and rediscover your purpose on the earth purpose in the family of God. I want to pray with you this morning. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand, put it back down. One, all the Christians praying. Two, three. Just lift your hand up, put it back down just so I can see it. Just lift it up, put it back down. Front to the back, your heart might be pumping right now and you're feeling like God is talking to me. I'm embarrassed, I'm scared, I don't know what this means, but honestly, you'll understand it once you pray this prayer. He'll open your eyes to see. Just put your hand up, put it back down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, what I'd like you to do just for this last closing minute is just turn to someone beside you right now. Turn to someone next to you. I want you to put your hand on their shoulder and I want you to say, I believe in you. I believe who you are. I'm celebrating who you are this morning. And I'm longing. You ladies, turn to each other. Come on. I can see you. I'm longing for you to be all that you can be. I'm celebrating you this morning. As a member of the body of Christ, you are my brother, you are my sister. And we're going to do this together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's sing that song. Hallelujah.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.